you know, as soon as, as soon as you get that spark in your head, that way you're sitting down having a coffee and you think, I'm going to do it. I'm going to flipping well do it. I'm going to write a book. As soon as that moment happens, man, it's a hell of a journey. I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. Hello and you're very welcome to episode 123 of the Irish Photography Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm in charge this evening. I don't have Dermot with me today, but I've got two other people that I'd love to have a conversation with and we're going to talk about books. And books are something that I think everybody should have. And if you haven't got a book about photography already, I'd recommend that you would. And when I was thinking about that, I said, who will I ask who has recently released a book and can give us an insight in what the amount of work that goes into a book, the benefit of a book, and who can try and convince us that a book is really, really important to have. So without any further ado, welcome back to the podcast, two good friends of the podcast, Thomas Eaton, welcome back times number two, Adam Gibbs, welcome back times number three. How are we doing, guys? Great. Yeah, very well. Good evening. Yep. Yeah, good evening. You know, it's not not for you, Adam, right? Your afternoon. Uh, I think it's one. Yeah, one o'clock, something like that. Yeah. Good afternoon, Adam Gibbs. Hello, good Thomas Eaton. How are we doing? So, listen, guys. You know, thanks a million for coming on. I'm really excited to kind of get underneath the skin of both of you guys' books. I mean, I have both of your books. The idea that actually came about me to record this podcast is I actually recorded a video. Only recently, if my own channel as to why I think it's important that people should have books, and particularly now we're going back into lockdown, it's time for people to get better, time to improve. And a very good idea from a book point of view is that you have something which is tangible, which you can touch as opposed to looking at a screen. So I said, guys, you know what? Let's have a chat. Let's see how we're getting on and see how you guys came up with the ideas for both of your books. So does that sound like something that you had a lot of information to share with the listeners? And the viewers, because we're going to record uh, it on video too. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, probably, probably too much, too much information. I could just go <laughs> on for it. It was such a process from start to finish. You know, as soon as, as soon as you get that spark in your head, that way you're sitting down having a coffee and you think, I'm going to do it. I'm going to flipping well do it. I'm going to write a book. As soon as yes. that moment happens, man, it's a hell of a journey. Yeah. Yeah, I've, sure. I've, I've wanted to do a book for, well, since I started, so... 20 odd years um but i i never really got around to it until uh last year and i, I just happened to see a uh um a guy that was doing fine art books in in the uk and i i just wrote to him just as a kind of a a one-off and uh he responded and i just kind of went from there so but Brilliant. but both Brilliant. tom and i tom and i have done our, our books very differently for sure yes yeah and I think that's what intrigued me more so, I think, in regards to, as you say, Thomas, you know, the amount of work and the journey that you get from the initial spark right through to the point where you can actually hold something in your hand and say, this is mine, I've created this. And that's why I want to get it behind, I suppose, into the background of it, that, you know, I think, Thomas, if I was to paraphrase and say, you know, your book is a journey of your photography so far, and Adam, your book is a I suppose, an, an analogy or an anthology, is that the word I'm looking for? Um, of all of your images in the last 20 years. So it's a body of work that you show in a book to be able to show that whole 
variants. Is that a good assessment of both your books? Maybe Thomas, if I can ask you that one first. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely a journey, but um, I don't know. It's not you know. It's not that I start at the beginning of my photography and end where I am today. It's every image in there is is accompanied by a story. Yes, you know, because there is always a story behind an image, whether you recognize there's a story behind an image or not uh definitely is um so for me it was about extracting the stories behind the images and just giving the images a bit more life um and a bit more context and that's what i really wanted to do i didn't necessarily want just a collection of images because to be honest i don't think my body of work is there yet for just a collection of images whereas obviously adam's got you know 20 odd I don't want to offend you, Adam. 50 years experience. Um, so, 150 yeah, so like, years of experience. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Adam's body of work is like superb. So he very, very, you know, it'd be very easy as he's already proven to, uh, you know, build a collection of a, of a body of work. Whereas for me, I didn't feel like my images go together as a body of work yet. I'm still too early in this whole landscape photography game. But to break them down and share the stories behind them with little tips and little bits of adventure, uh, for me, that was a format that excited me more than just picking my best images and putting them in a book. Yeah, I just don't think I've got the collection just yet. And, it, and, and actually, it's funny that Tom should say that because that, that was originally what I wanted to do with my book. I wanted to write uh, little kind of uh, anecdotes or stories behind the images and um, Kozu are more into the portfolio type books. So he kind of talked me out of that and, and got to say, well, you know, just do a portfolio. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay. And uh, so Greg actually designed the book. I sent him the images and uh, he more or less tried to put them in a cohesive uh, body of work going with seasons and colors and such rather than putting stories to the images. So if I did do another book uh, I would probably maybe do something a bit more like what Tom has done I remember that uh, years mm -hmm. ago there was a photographer named uh, John Shaw who I really admired and uh, he he had a book very much like that where he talked about the images and the story behind them and it just kind of gave you a bit more insight and made you appreciate the, the photographs just a little bit more you know when you can actually kind of you know read about what was going behind those pictures and of course with Tom mm. uh, with the videos that go with that again I mean that just draws you even more into each of the images so I think it's a brilliant idea yeah speaking of yeah. that I mean I um I, one of my favorite books is by David Noton who's a UK landscape photographer um and his uh, format of his book was to have an image and then it'd have a before during and after and I just found that so engaging that before would talk about how he woke up at 4 a.m. and, you know, was walking through, uh, you know, through the wilderness or whatever. And then during he would talk about setting up his camera, you know, his hands were cold, his lens was fogging up. And then after he would talk about the uh, anticipation of maybe getting the film developed or uh, importing the images into Lightroom or Photoshop. And then a little, a little bit about processing, not much, not a great deal, but this whole before, during and after just just opened up the images so much more uh, than if I was just to look at the image itself. Don't get me wrong, that's fantastic. But I'm a photographer looking at a photographer's work. So I want to know a bit more, you know, a bit more than just the aesthetics. And it's interesting, yeah, because you've both kind of alluded to it. So 
I suppose, Adam, who inspired you or what, what was the idea behind coming up with your book? Um, as we say, it's a body of work over the last 20 years. Was it 20 years ago you wanted to do it and only now you finally took the plunge? Well, not now, but when you did do that. Or was it a recent inspiration that you said, you know what, I'm going to do this? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I've, like I said before, I, I've always wanted to put together a book, but I, um, for whatever reason, things just got in the way or it was very, it was too expensive uh, mm. uh, but with, I mean, now you can pretty much pre-order, you know, you could, you could put a, bo- a book out and get people to pre-order it. So at least then you can yes. kind of figure out how many books you might want to print. And then you get, you have some money to print those books and so on as, but in years past, you know, before the internet, <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't really do that. You'd have to go to a publisher yes. and talk them into publishing a book for you. And it was extremely difficult because, uh, you know they're they're not going to print up um, uh, necessarily a portfolio. They're very niche kind of uh, uh, companies that that do that sort of thing. And For sure. back when I first started, there were very few companies that actually did very short runs. You know they were all like thousands of books and uh, selling thousands and thousands of landscape photography books uh, is very difficult. Uh, it's yeah. because it's you know it's a very niche uh, market. So uh, I yeah. I have done books before though, but they've all been like uh, one-offs, like blurb. And I, I think it's a great way for people to go uh, if they go on a, a trip and they want to have a small portfolio of that trip. Then uh, I would highly recommend going in for a blurb book or, or one of those small companies that that puts together books, individual books. I mean, they're, they're kind of pricey, but it's a great way to show off your work, I think. Well, I was I was thinking about doing um, zines. I don't know much about zines. I think uh, yeah, I it's it's almost like, it's like a really, it's pretty much the, 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 the bottom end of the book market, in, but not in a, ba- not in oh, a yeah. bad way. It's, um, for example, if you did like, like we did that trip to Iceland back in July, you know, it would be great to create a zine mm-hmm. of that trip. And it's almost, I think Zine, I think, oh gosh, I don't even know. I think Zine must mean, mean magazine. It's, it's like, it's almost like a, a pamphlet rather than a book, you know, it might be like 20 pages, oh, yeah. quite thin paper, but you, you know, you get yeah. it produced probably for, you know, a couple of pounds or a couple of dollars and you tend to sell them for about $10. And I think if you want a, a printed collection of a body of work, you know, not necessarily a portfolio book, but something quick and something tangible then a zine would be the way to go. And I just thought, you know, if you're going on a dedicated photography trip for a period of time, or you've been studying a, a certain area or, you know, a, a collection of images, and that could be a great way to to uh, kind of get into it before committing to a, you know, you tend to, Very they probably have maybe like yeah. 20 mm-hmm. pages, 30 pages, just uh, paperback, you know, just, just like, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's a great idea, actually. Doesn't um, yeah. James Popsis do something like that? He has kind I of like every year he has he like a little annual where he, he puts in that year's photography and then sells them for, for 10 pounds or something. Yeah, it could be. I, I'm just trying to think who else. Um, I think Negative Feedback may have done them in the past. I don't know if you know Negative Feedback. It's a film photographer. Yeah, um, yeah they're just quite, um, I, I don't know, I guess they're quite uh, quite hipster-ish. You know, you can get, you can get yeah, people yeah. who might, I'll tell you what, my friend, hang on. May as well give him a little plug while we're here. My uh, one of my best mates has um, <laughs> has made a comic, uh, and he's he's written a kind of from the GoPro. Aren't we? He's written a comic, right? This is just something he printed out and sent to me. But he's had these done as like a little zine. Um, so it's just exactly like that. The quality is not going to be the best, 
But if you just want a tangible uh, thing to hold in your hand and maybe send out to fans or if you've got channel members or Patreon supporters, anything like that. And the great thing is I think you can sell them pretty cheap, like maybe £10 or something. They're cheap to post Mm -hmm. as well. They don't weigh anything. They're they're really small. Uh, So that is something I would love to do because it's something you can just, uh, you know, it's just an extra thing to work towards when on a trip. Like I love, I love, I love self-contained photography trips. Yeah, you know, yeah. A week here, a yeah. week there, um, and yeah, to then put put it all into a little zine with a few little stories, little paragraphs here and there. I think could be fantastic. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> no, no, you take it. I've, I've never done one, but but yeah, you, you can do idea. them, and yeah, and maybe it's. Um, Maybe I can add more to my merch store. That's what, that's what it's called now, isn't it? It's not known as a photography book. It's, it's your merch. It's your merch. Yeah, yeah. it's your merch. And that's actually a very interesting one, I suppose. And the fact that you've thought about that as well, Thomas. Like, the question, same question to you. What was your inspiration to get the book? I know you've mentioned that you said, okay, with lockdown, it kind of forced you into the thing. Of, do you know what? I'm going to do it now while I can do that. But Well, yeah. Lockdown forced me to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of those things I've always wanted to do it, but I've always struggled with the um, the commitment of it because it's such a big undertaking that it's one of you know it's I don't know how best to describe it. It's it's such a big job that there's no way I could see an end point. It's not like oh I can knock out a book in a week, let's get it done. It's something that's going to mm-hmm. take a long time. I think when I started the book, I knew I didn't have enough images to finish it. Um, so yeah, I just I just set out about probably two years ago, maybe longer now. Set out with maybe ten or fifteen of my favorite images and started writing maybe a few hundred words about each image, and then every now and again I would sit down and write, uh, you know, add a few more images, add a few more stories, and then slowly but surely you start to build up a collection and you think, okay, we're getting there, now, we're getting there, and then as you start to get to the final third. Of, uh, of the images then you start to pick up momentum because you can start to see the finish line um but for me i'm not very focused mm-hmm. um so i couldn't i couldn't just commit to it for say a month and, and write it it's something that i had to pick up every now and again when i felt inspired interesting and actually you know <clears throat> what i find is even more interesting is the difference in the contrast i think between both of how you've come to the actual finished product of the book so Thomas, you've done yours self-published and you've gone off and you've decided on all of those images. You mentioned there, Adam, that you know, you've had help in regards to what images to choose or even in the layout of the images. So was it hard? I suppose maybe again, Adam, if I ask you first on that one, was it hard for you to decide what images went into the book or did you send a lot more images than ended up in the book and was the cutting room floor done for you or was it down to you what you decided? Um, so it was more or less a collaboration. I sent um, Greg uh, quite a few more images than what are in the book. And we decided to stick with uh, landscapes. I mean, there are a couple of verticals in there, but all of the books are landscapes because of the format of the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, it was funny because some of the images aren't necessarily my favorite images, uh, but they they went really well with the next image and and if you look look at the book it gradually goes from different colors uh like it will go from uh winter and then uh, into spring but the colors kind of go together and um greg uh he sent me pdfs every now and then and i'd kind of say well i don't really want that image in there could you put this one in and then he'd kind of grumble a little bit and 
and then we'd just go back and forth. But it wasn't really a huge deal. I, I pretty much let him have full reign. And uh, I was really happy with with what he came up with. Um, I I don't I didn't have a clue of, of how to put to a book, to book together. I just wanted to put to a book together, so I, I let him pretty much uh, take me through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I learned I learned a lot from from that. So um, if I did another book, I would probably uh, design it myself because I'd really like to give it a go. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I suppose, Thomas, for you, was it a case of, on one hand, you're going, I like it; on the other hand, the other Thomas was going, no, I don't like it. Or did you have somebody to bounce the images off uh, for deciding what went in? Um, not necessarily the images. I was very happy with the images, um, but lots. There were so many decisions and micro decisions that need to be made when when making a book, um, and I did have lots sure. of help from friends and family. So um, it's it, you know it was it was always it was a long process. But for me, the, the best thing I did was use an editor um, or a proofreader. So I would, I'm, I'm, ter- I'm ter- terrible at writing. I'm good. I can get the words out and I can tell a good story. But in terms of grammar and spelling and mm-hmm. uh, the repetitive use of the same word over and over again, uh, it's stuff that I, I wouldn't pick up on. And yeah. So I, my wife uh, very kindly read everything and she's really good at uh, grammar and spelling. So she would correct it. Um, and then when I thought the book was complete, uh, actually, uh, a very kind gentleman reached out to me and he said that he is a book editor and a proofreader, and he would happily uh, read over my book uh, for a fee, obviously, but you know, a very, very reasonable fee. So he's a fan of the channel. So I was like, yeah, okay, great. So I sent yes. him the book, and honestly, I expected him to come back with not very much. And he came back with so many changes, and and he was picking up on things that, you would I couldn't even imagine, you know, because um, I mean, for example, one of the images was taken in Namibia, just outside of a town called Swakopmund, and I described the town in the book, and I described it as like a strange German colonial town dropped in the middle of a desert, and he said you can't describe it as strange, because to you it's strange, but to the mm-hmm. people that live there and to the locals it's perfectly normal. So basically, he was looking at the book from an objective standpoint, whereas I wasn't. I was looking at it as mine. So he's picking up on things that I didn't pick up on. And he's picking up on things that might cause yes. offense to people. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, in a good way. So he made so many changes uh, and picking wow. up on the, re- like, another example is yeah, yeah. I, I started, um, I started the, a, a story by saying, um, what did I say? Something like, uh, there's no question of a doubt, this is the best image in, oh no, this is it. I said, uh, this is a bold statement, but this is the best image in the book. And he said, by saying this is the best image in the book, that is a bold statement. So you don't need to say it's a bold statement. So get rid of that. You know, little things like that everywhere. And I tell you what, after he'd finished with it, it was just like a Mm -hmm. professional piece of work. I was like, wow, I'm a real writer. You know, he just, it was like, it was it was just basically finished off the whole thing. Yes. You know, he just polished the edges and yeah, it was it was great. So you know, it wasn't expensive. You might pay a few hundred dollars, to send your book to an editor. Um, it's just that extra peace of mind. And it also gives you the other opinion that you haven't had before that because it's been in your head. You've got your own visual aspect of it, how you think it looks. You've got your storytelling that you're putting in behind that. But then for the third party to read it, 
and not read it from the one-sided view, which is as you wrote it, which I think is a very important thing because the person that reads the book doesn't necessarily read the book that has how you would, would have read it or wrote it. It's their interpretation in the third person. Or am I incorrect in that? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like your images, isn't it? You look at your own images yeah. differently than somebody else might look at them. Um, so to, to get the opinion of somebody who's not connected to you in any way really is invaluable and of course grammar and writing yes. and everything is a skill and I've never done it before so you uh, you know I would never expect my words to be perfect for sure um, so yeah send it to a professional if, you've, if you're going to write anything yeah absolutely and I think you know even Adam there you mentioned there with Craig and the, the help that Craig can give you not only in deciding what the images would be but also the cohesiveness and how it all joins together it, visually images join together we read words as we would say the words our head in our own right. head but if somebody picks it up it, it may not actually be cohesive to see the words you're writing versus the image and with Craig looking at your images Adam I imagine it's a case of I like this one because it's going to automatically flow over onto the next image to keep the person turning the page. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. It's very much like the written word. Um, you know, I pick images just because they happen to be my favorites, but they just because they're my favorites or ones that I like, most often than not, they're, they're not really images that resonate with other people. And it's the same with putting them in, into a, a book, you know. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I must have thought something of the images to send him that selection but you know I'm kind of looking at what he chose and I thought oh, I don't know if I would have put that one in but I, I just went with it you know and uh, I thought they went really well to together so I just went with it and uh, trusted his his instinct you know I mean he's been publishing books for quite a while so uh, the only thing he was yeah. wrong on though is uh, throughout the book uh, I guess it's a publishing thing they now and then they'll put in blank pages uh, and I, we got a lot of complaints of people saying, well, there's something wrong with the book because there's a blank page. <laughs> so I, okay. <laughs> so the, the second edition, we added a couple more images and got rid of the blank pages. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I, and isn't, isn't that very interesting when you think about that? Because it's the interpretation of the reader, which ultimately is the most important, not the interpretation of the publisher or the interpretation of the author, but it's what the person that picks that up and they yeah. go, I like I like this, or I don't like this, and you, can you you can't really predict that. I don't think, can you? No, it's impossible. No, no, no. Yeah. You, and you can't please yeah. you can't please everybody either. No. Um, uh, I mean, I've, personally, I've, I've I mean, I've had nothing but positive comments. I got one or two that were negative, but overall, I mean, the, the comments have just been brilliant. So I, I definitely can't complain. People have yeah. been really happy. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't help when you send out books that have pages in back to front and upside down and stuck together, which I've done. Because, um, you know, I ordered so many books that it's, you know, it's perfectly natural and understandable that every now and again, one on the production line gets a bit yeah. messed up, right? And it's, it's literally one in a thousand or something. But I sent out one book where the cover was on upside down. So you look at the book and you open it and then you open it and you're on the back page upside down. It's like, what? I was like, oh, sorry. I'll send you another one. And I've had that should one be where, worth more. Yeah, there they should be. Exactly. Collector's edition, you know. I've had, I've had yeah. ones where the pages, like page 22 was repeated seven times. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I obviously didn't, you know, and of course they're um, 
they're shrink wrapped. So it's yeah, I can't check them all. I couldn't check them all anyway. But but every now and again, there's a bad copy. Um, obviously, I immediately send out mm. a replacement that is checked. But uh, yeah, it's quite stressful. I think I think having it done the way Adam's done it, it kind of gets rid of a lot of that pressure, uh, where the responsibility falls a lot on Kazoo. Um, but when you do it yourself, everything. And yeah, I, I checked my book and had it checked over and over again by three or four different people. And I challenged people to find errors. One guy who was a, a YouTube fan, he emailed me and he said, you know, I'm, I'm a proofreader as well. And at this point, the book was finished and ready to go to print, right? And, it, and he said, oh, I'd love to proofread it. And I, I was like, ah, oh, no, it's ready. I'm, I'm literally going to send it to print tomorrow. And I was like, I tell you what, I'll send you a PDF. And I challenge you to find an error. I challenge you. And he found one error, and it was a rogue full stop in between two paragraphs. I was like, wow. oh, my God, how did you spot that? So <laughs> went straight in and deleted it. Um, but actually, do you know what? After everything I've done, there is one error in the book. And I don't even know if I want to say it, but um, it's not a bad keep, one. Keep it. Keep, keep it. You can have a competition at one point for somebody to find it in the book and give it to Yeah, see, that's not yeah, a bad that's idea. True. That's not a bad idea. But I can't tell you now the, the stress. No matter how many times you've read, reread, and checked the PDF file and checked everything and checked the proofs and checked and checked and checked, mm. the absolute stress of seeing you know a pallet full of books being loaded off the back of a truck that you've just paid God knows how many tens of thousands of pounds for. And you open it and you look yeah, at the first one because yeah. you can't, you know, the work, what surprised me is I said, you know, can you just send me a finished copy before I go ahead with the whole order? I don't care what it costs. I just want to see one copy. And yeah. he said, no, we can't do it. He said, it'll cost you, you know, it'll cost you thousands. He said, just, he said, just trust me. Just, it'll be fine. He sent wow. me the proofs. I had everything, but the actual finished binded copy I didn't have. So, you know, I felt sick to my stomach when I got the delivery, opened the box, got the first box, took it out of the cling film or yeah. you know, the, the shrink wrap. And I'm, and I'm almost too scared to look at it. Shrink I'm wrap. just waiting to see that error. And then every page I look at it, I go, no, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. And you slowly, and then after spending an entire day with the book, you relax and you think, ah, oh. and then it's done. You know, relax. it's like, oh man, what a feeling. Well, you know what? We'll come back in a moment, actually, to discuss about the pros and cons of going your way, Thomas, on your own. Or the the headache is with Kozu from Adam's point of view, because they're the ones that are doing all that. So maybe we'll come back to that in a moment. What we'll do here is we'll take right. a very, very quick break and we'll be right back after these messages. If you're enjoying this episode of the podcast, why not jump over to iTunes or Spotify and listen to the back catalogue that we have with some great episodes where we talk about photography, gear, and some excellent guests along the way. Thanks very much for listening and for watching. We'll see you on the next one. And you're very welcome back to part two of the Irish Photography Podcast with Thomas Eaton and Adam Gibbs. And guys, you know, a question I suppose I wanted to ask you is, Thomas, you decided completely in your point of view what you wanted to have, how you were going to create it. Adam, you used a um, a publisher. But how about the deciding of the size of the book, the format of the book, the paper to use? Was that a difficult one? And maybe, Thomas, if I go to you on that one first. Oh, yeah. I mean, every when you, when you make a book, when you make any kind of physical product that you need to sell, there are two ways to look at it, two perspectives. The perspective of the creative, so you want your images to look good on the paper, you want your words and your writing to be 
uh, obviously the best it can be. But then there's the business side of things. So you've got to look at the cost price of the book, but you've also got to look at the size and the weight and how that will impact uh, packaging and shipping and, and all that kind of thing. A number of pages, you know, it's not like, you know, if you go over a certain number of pages, you kind of, you go up to the next tier. So um, because of the way that the, mm -hmm. the pages are printed and manufactured and put together, you know, um, if I think, I think it's maybe, um, it might be done in eight pages. So eight page blocks. So I think I remember, I think I initially had 116 wow. pages or something like that. And uh, the, the manufacturer said, well, do you want to just uh, push it up a little bit because otherwise we're just going to waste the paper. So it says, if you have got any more content to put in there, you know, having two extra pages won't cost you any more. But then you got the other end of that scale where you've only got one page um, and you're essentially paying for eight pages, if that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, but the, the main thing to consider is packaging and shipping costs because, yep. you know, I'll be shipping this worldwide and uh, every gram counts and uh, also the size of the package counts as well. So you could do a beautiful big book, right? But it's going to cost more to ship mm. it than the you're selling the book for and for any customer that's a difficult thing to get your head around why is the postage more than the book yes. <laughs> so yeah. especially now we're in covid times when uh, yes. i would say uh, shipping has doubled since this time last year yes it has pretty much yeah it's doubled yeah, just for sure here in the uk especially yeah uh, in international shipping sorry should i say international shipping has doubled like it cost me twice as much to send my calendar yeah. this year as it did last year yeah, it's a nightmare so I mean, the other, the other the other day, I, I went to order a book from a photographer. Uh, the book was thirty five dollars US. Wow! And w when it came to shipping, uh, they wanted sixty dollars US. So it would have been ninety five dollars US for a book, and then with uh, you know duty taxes, and then of course exchange, we're talking probably one hundred and fifty dollars wow. for a book, which is just you know that's just outrageous, you know. Unfortunately, shipping has, has been a, a bit, bit of an issue, even with my book, because we were pre-selling them at a, a fixed postage rate. And then, of it course, the, the postage rates went up 50% in the UK. So yeah. that, you know, obviously is taken out of any kind of profit, which isn't a huge uh, amount mm. when you're doing it with a, a publisher, you know. So, yeah, I remember just... I, I took pre-orders on my book and uh, I had the price of the book for plus sure. shipping um, and I took the orders like three or four mm. months before the book was ready and in that time period prices of postage started going up and up and up and then Royal Mail who I was using announced that on the 1st of July I think it was the 1st of July postage to USA was going to go up by 50% or something like that um, so it would have gone from being um, about 9 or 10 pounds uh, oh no sorry what was it? Fourteen. It would have gone from going. It would have gone from fourteen pounds, and then from the thirty-first of July, it would have been twenty-one pounds. And I'm like, well, that's the profit of my book gone. So, so I'm getting onto the manufacturer saying, can yeah. you please? You know, I need the books before uh, mid-July, so I've got time to pack and ship all the wow. USA orders because as of the thirty-first yeah. of July, God. US orders will be a loss. And obviously, you can't predict all this. It's just, oh my, it's such a nightmare. Luckily, I did. I got them all out before Royal Mail upped their prices on the thirty first of July. So mm -hmm. it was, it was mental. You know, it was, it was <laughs> all stations go. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's stressful, um, but ultimately worthwhile.
But you, you know what? I think it's something there about the pricing actually was very important, as you say, because you can predict as much as you can control, but things you can't control, you can't control. And when you start looking at the increases in costs there, like it's interesting to see why they've gotten more expensive. And apparently it's because there's not as many flights that are going across transatlantic. Um, so yeah. you've got less space to cram these things into. And even, you know, from my wife's point of view, she's from the US and she wants to send things back to her family in the US. And she can't at the moment because you're limited in what you can actually send through before it becomes so in, in non-cost effective or ineffective cost, let's just yeah. say. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, not to get political, but I believe there are problems with the US Postal Service at the minute, something to do with postal voting and how uh, yeah. the, the the White House or Donald Trump is trying to essentially destroy the Postal Service. I, it's all, it could just be a, <laughs> internet rubbish I'm reading, but apparently the Postal Service in the US is a little bit unreliable at the moment. Shaky. And then, like you said before, there's, there's yeah. usually uh, a lot of courier companies use passenger planes to ship mail. Um, there's no passenger planes. Mm -hmm. They've all they're all grounded. So yeah, it's so you have to yeah. use a door-to-door -door courier who have their own airplanes, and of course they're very expensive. I mean, it's a great service, but and if you use a cheaper service, which you can use, but the books just they just go missing. They do. They get stuck in customs. They're not tracked. They get they go missing yeah. and they turn up three months later. Yeah. And for every book you send that doesn't arrive within a reasonable amount of time, maybe two weeks, three weeks you either got to refund them or send another. So again, it gets to the point where it's just, man, it's, it's, it's hard. It is. It never used to be hard, but it's just 2020, isn't it? <laughs> 2020, just forget about it. 2020. The, yeah, really. The, 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 upside, the upside on year, yeah, yeah. And Adam, I suppose for you then, when you're working with the likes of Inkozu, did they give you a steer on the right type of paper to choose? A satin finish, a gloss finish, or the right size, as you say, most of the images are landscape. Or was it purely down to you saying, okay, you know what, I like this, I've seen it elsewhere, or what was it? No, I, I, I pretty much relied on Greg's um, expertise. He sent me, um, I mean, obviously he couldn't really send me samples uh, of the paper, but he did make recommendations. And then when it came to uh, color, of uh, the pages, then uh, he would send me different colors that we could use. And I would have a talk with my, my partner, Karen, and we'd kind of look over the different colors and say, well, this kind of goes together and just little things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. I think, I guess the important thing about paper is that you don't really, especially if you have text on the back, you don't really want the text to bleed through to the image on the other side. Uh, so the paper has to be reasonably thick otherwise you know when you look at the image you'll see the text behind it and um you know the you obviously don't really want that so what gsm did you have uh, for your paper adam uh hang on i, I have to look <laughs> <laughs> hang on i'll try i'll try and feel it hang on it, it's it's around a 220 or a, one, or a 210 is it wow i think i think it's i'm guessing <laughs> i was guessing <laughs> oh it doesn't say well i uh I don't have. I went with a one seventy, but I was going to go with a two hundred, um, but the two hundred would have would have made it. I think, in my opinion, too heavy, much heavier. Much heavier. And I did. I had the samples in front of me, and I also used the same paper that I used yeah. in a lot of photography books. So I actually had other people's photography books that had the same paper, at different weights. So I was able to see a physical difference. And the two hundred was nice. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't see enough of a difference between the two hundred and the one seventy to pay extra and have that heavier weight. Um, so yeah, I went with one seventy, which yeah. I think is a very very nice. 
I'm I'm pretty sure this is 200, uh, but I, I don't have as many pages. Like this is 87 pages, so it's a bit thinner. Um, so maybe that's yeah. how they cut down on weight. Because books suppose, are heavy, that's for sure. Yeah, they are heavy. I'm, I'm probably in the fortunate position that I've got both your books here so I can have a feel of both the papers. And I think, uh, Adam, yours is slightly heavier, I think, than Thomas's. Um, so oh, maybe in that way. Really? Um, but I, I'm just wondering, actually, I suppose, <laughs> really? <laughs> that's not a point there for that one. Um, but bit... I suppose a question that I have is, you know, when you look at images, and, and Thomas, you mentioned it there about different books and looking at different books. I mean, I've got a number of photography books, like to so say old ones from Gallen Rowell and stuff like that. And you look at the quality of the image, it really depends on the paper that it's printed on. So if you go with a satin mat or you go with a glass finish, the same image, it can be brilliant or it can be absolutely astounding depending on the paper yeah well the uh, the, the way around that is to go straight down the middle and go for a satin <laughs> that's yeah. what i did <laughs> because i was gonna go gloss and then i was gonna go matte i thought oh gloss is nice and then you pick up a matte book and you go oh but matte's nice and then i'm like i don't mm. know and then i thought you know what it'll go satin it's nice and safe and it is, <laughs> it, it is and it's it's a nice you know i went with uh, um federo federogini federogoni uh, paper which is is very nice. Um, yeah, it's just satin, so it's just got that lovely sheen to it. Um, and yeah, super nice. I also, it's interesting that I don't went for landscape. I went for a square book because I knew that I was going to have landscape and portrait images in. And I thought, well, it'll just have to be square. And then I won't have any stress about, mm. you know, rotating the images or anything like that. Yeah, but, go, see, yeah. but see, but see, this gives me an excuse to, to come out with a vertical edition, you know, a different. Yes, that's also a smart thing to do. <laughs> I did think of that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I am, I am thinking uh, about doing a panoramic book um, again. The, oh, yeah. the, the logistics are, are, are terribly yeah. difficult, but I think they can be overcome. You can get these books that are called lay flat books, and when you open them, no matter what page you turn to, it lays flat. completely flat, so you don't have that bend in the middle. Um, oh, but you can only yeah. get so many pages. I don't think you can get many pages per book. And then if you think if you want it to be quite high impact, you know, it's, it's going to be a good size book. It's going to be big and thick and heavy. And it's going to be one of those books where the postage is the same price or even more than the book. <laughs> so that, that yeah, is a challenge to overcome. That is a high possibility. And I suppose, you know, this, this is a, a very difficult question for me to ask both of you, right? It's like me kind of saying, you know, which is your favorite kid or which is your favorite pet or which is your favorite family member? But have you both got a favorite image that you've put into your own book? So in all the work that you've been doing in in building the book up, Thomas, on your own, and obviously uh, Adam with Craig, was there one image within that you said, you know what, this is my banger image, this is my favourite image, or is it more than one? Yeah, I, uh, I have them all. Do you not remember the story I just told you? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> this is the <clears throat> this is the best image in the book. That's how it starts. It's uh, it's that one there. It's called Star of the Show. Yes. And there are so many reasons why this is my favourite image. Um, you know, it's subjective, obviously, but for me, it's it's a local area, you know, 20 minutes from my house. Pretty sure that nobody's shot that tree before. You know, 99 times out of 100, that tree just looks ugly as hell. I think it's a hawthorn. But on this one day, this one day, yeah. it just absolutely shone. You know, it's covered in a hoarfrost, backlit by the sun, uh, crisp, beautiful colours and tones. Um, and 
it was an image that could only capture within like a five minute window because as soon as the sun hit the tree, it started to melt the frost. And then 10 minutes later, the frost had melted and the entire scene was washed out. Um, and then you go back to this tree at any other day, it is ugly and unrecognizable. So for me, that's my favorite image. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots in there that I'm very proud of. And, and my opinion of my own work changes regularly anyway. Well, actually, I remember your uh, video, uh, Tom. I remember oh, back in the day, that, that was an early one, that, yeah, God. What you were just talking about? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah well, actually, that. do you know what? Here's a more interesting one for you, because the inspiration for me to get you guys on the podcast is when I made this video about Thomas's book. And within that, there was one image out of all the images that I actually picked to be able to bring a video for the QR codes, which we'll talk in a moment. And it just so happens that it was that image. And it was that video that I brought into your, oh, into you your video, into my video of you talking about that tree. So I think it is a striking image. And I, you know, I'd agree with you, particularly in regards to, as you say, ordinarily you might drive past stuff like this, but isn't that what, you know, again, here, Adam, <laughs> we're all about merch, right? So, you know, it's all about the light. Yeah. Quiet light. Um, and it's all about the light because like, you go past that in a certain situation, you may not look at it, but as you say, you've got the hoarfrost, you've got that light that was coming down on top of it. There you were, poised with the camera. Bang, you got the image. Unique. Great image. So I agree with you yeah. in that choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that tree is ugly, but not on that day. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, though, that video was back in the day when I wasn't really filming B-roll. I don't think I've got any B-roll of that tree. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, I think I was rushing trying to photograph it rather than film it. But, um, yeah, man, great yeah. image. And right next to some big viaduct as well, I think, or something. Yes, it is, video. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, same question for you, Adam. Who is your favorite um, in your book? Well, I have I have two images, and uh, I always I always put them together because uh, I have prints of these images hanging in my home, and they just go so well together. And they happen to be more or less in the same area, and they're, they're older images. Actually, I took uh, with four by five film many, many years ago, and they're on pages 16 and 17. And there's two images, woodland images, uh, at Golden Ears Provincial mm -hmm. Park. And actually, I was there just the other day with a friend of mine, and we went to check this area out, and everything's still there. So uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just love these two photographs. I, I think one of the reasons being is that they were a couple of my... Uh, the, the first successful images that I really took with a, a four by five where I was actually really happy with the with the photographs. So uh, and one of them was actually taken with a very long lens of 500 millimeter, which is quite hard to use uh, with a four by five because um, you need just so much bellows draw to to for that longer mm -hmm. lens. But uh, yeah, I've always really liked these these images. Unfortunately, they lose a bit of their detail in the in the book uh the image on page 17 when you blow it up big it has all these little cobwebs in there and, and they've got dew all over them and it's it's uh i just love it for that you know all the details but i think those are probably a couple of my favorites for sure and even looking at the image on page 17 i think that is actually perfect i would kind of look at your photography and say adam loves backlight and when you look at what you have here, you've got back. Yeah, uh, yeah, and the light was beautiful, just beautiful. Beautiful image. 
So yeah, yeah. so I, I allow yeah. you to have the two. I mean, you couldn't really just say that one was nice, I suppose, on that one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was very generous. It's okay, you. it's okay. It's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's all about the light, as they say. Well, as you say, yeah, so. <laughs> it is. And I suppose it the is. next question I have for you on, on that is, you know, you bought a favorite images and you kind of alluded to it a couple of times there during so far about the things that you've learned, but what surprised both of you most about the whole process, starting out the creation, the finalization, the launch, the feedback, and then to this present day, was there many items within that that surprised you most, or are you still being surprised? Maybe uh, Thomas, to go to you on that one. Um, well, I, was, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was. I was surprised at how difficult it is to do it completely on your own you know to find a, a manufacturer a printer uh, all that kind of stuff uh, very very difficult um, luckily i had um, help from james bell um he's uh, he's known as capture lakeland and he's yeah. he's published a couple of books so he, he sort of pointed me in the right direction to uh, manufacturers and things like that because uh, obviously <laughs> costs spiral insanely and you know for sure. You do have to you do have to make I'll a profit um, because there are so many other costs like you know books going missing, books getting damaged, resending books, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but what I guess what surprised me the most is man, I don't know because it was such a long, slow process. Nothing really caught me by surprise. So it's a tough question. It's a tough question mm. um, to answer. Um, so, You've probably still been surprised yeah, I tell you I suppose, what, as each day would go on. Yeah, too. I, actually, I tell you, I'm surprised at how proud of it I am. Like, uh, usually when I work on a project for a long amount of time, as soon as it's done, I'm sick to death of it, right? <laughs> so I don't ever want to look at that yeah. thing again. Um, like, if I edit a video that I've been working on for ages and then I publish it, I'll happily never want to see that video again. But I'm a book. I, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I'm still surprised that every time I pick it up, it's it's almost surreal because it actually, I know it sounds feels daft, like an, it, an actual proper book. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it doesn't feel self-published. It, it's Oh, it also surprised me that you have to, by law, send copies of your book to the British Library. Five copies. God. It cost me a fortune. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I sent them all the dodgy ones <laughs> that were damaged in transit. <laughs> yeah, page, <laughs> yeah, page 22. <laughs> no, no, not really. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I was surprised that, that, that by law you have to send them five. I had no problem. I think it's cool that it's in the library. But um, five copies, I was like, it's going to cost me 50 sure. quid to send them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, yeah no it's 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 a, it's a pleasure i think what well, now i've done it once i think I've, i'm keen to do another book uh but hey i don't have that enough content at the minute and i suppose you know for me thomas the biggest one is very similar to that i share it with you is that you know when you actually hold something in your hand it's no longer on a screen it's no longer a video you've produced from your computer to go to youtube you actually have something that you can pick up and that you can relax and you can actually look at and you you know, some people are kinetic and they need to touch things. And by touching an image, it actually becomes more part of yourself. And obviously, from your point of view, it's your image. So it's all about you because it's yourself, let's just say. But for me, as the average person picking up the book, I love the idea of a book. Like I said, I mean, I've got a number of the books that are there because I can look at a screen or I can look at my phone and I put it down and I, I press the power off button and it's gone. Whereas this... It just sits there and it calls me to look at it each time. You know? So that's, that's what I feel, I suppose, about the advantage of having a book uh, in front. But 
I'm not going to answer your question about what surprises you, of course. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, the, the that's how we would have gotten to that one. And I suppose maybe, um, Adam, what's uh, from you? Was there any surprises, or was it just a case of how easy it was dealing with Craig? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, I mean, I I I agree with you for uh, about uh, having a, a book uh, or having a collection of books. I mean, they just bring so much inspiration and. When you have uh, a book uh, like Tom's or, or mine, where you can actually touch and feel the, the the cover and just flip through it at your leisure, drinking a coffee or whatever, I mean, it's a really nice experience. Uh, the thing that uh, surprised me the most was uh, how quickly I sold out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 we, I went really conservative. I only printed 500 copies, which isn't a lot. And uh, they sold out very quickly. Uh, I, I really underestimated the power of YouTube. So I got another thousand printed and um, we're pretty close to selling those out too. Wow. So <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, as far as a moneymaker, it wasn't a huge moneymaker for me, this project. Uh, obviously, because the, the, the book is printed in the UK uh, some of the books we even had uh, a slip cover made for them, uh, which is extremely expensive. Uh, I think each slip cover costs about fifteen pounds each. Uh, so it's definitely more of a passion project for me than a big money maker. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I know more about it, and of course I've talked to Tom about it as well. Uh, I, you know, I'm 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 curious and keen to to ha perhaps publish my own book in the future. Uh, but I just didn't know the ins and outs and I wasn't really up for the commitment, uh, the money commitment and also taking all that risk, you know, but now I know a bit more about yeah, it. It's, it's expensive when you do it yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. It's funny because the, the more you order, the, the lower the cost per book is, um, but it dramatically drops. You know, if I was to order 1,000 yeah. uh, books versus 2,000 books, um, you know, it's not like if you order 2000, the price doubles, they might go up by 20%. Um, so I ended up ordering loads of books. <laughs> I think I ordered 15 pallets and wow. I had to actually rent, rent some storage. Um, but the reason I did that is I went all in. Like, I think, I think it cost me about close to 40 grand to buy wow. the books. Yeah, a lot of big investment. Yeah. Um, but the reason I did that, and I knew that it was going to be a big gamble because I, I'm not going to sell them all straight away. Um, but if I'd have ordered them in small chunks, say ordered a thousand books once or twice a year, the cost price were, yeah. of, per book would be almost probably treble what it is if I just ordered everything in one go. So it massively comes down. So the more you can bankroll, or you know, I suppose the the more and the the problem wasn't necessarily the cost price of buying the books because you i was pretty confident i'd sell enough to get that back it's the storage so i i have to i i now have an entire storage unit dedicated to books um and that i think that cost me about 400 pounds a month wow. just to Whoa. store the books yeah wow. yeah it's expensive um but it's either that i'll just have books all over my house but the reason i don't mind is because i know that the book has an unlimited shelf life i wrote it in such a way that it was timeless so i don't talk much about gear and technology which tends to change it's mm -hmm. all about the story and the image so it, i wrote it purposely in a way that you could pick this book up in 20 years time and it would still be perfectly relevant 
um, as it is today. Uh, with the exception of the QR codes in the back, which will take you to my YouTube videos. You know, who knows what? Yeah, you know, who knows if QR codes are going to be a thing in ten or twenty years? But it's that's only a really tiny part of the book and isn't actually integral to the the content of the book itself. Uh, so yeah, it's huge risk. Um, but by, by taking the risk, it, it does mean I can lower the cost price and I've always got them in stock. So I'll never lose a sale because they're not in stock. So yeah, that's quite good. I just wanted a product that I could just sell a few a day, you know, just, just send them out. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Expensive, very expensive. And I, and I think actually the biggest one that you mentioned there is that you are bankrolling this yourself 100% up front. Well, uh, Whereas, okay, you got, you got pre-orders, pre-orders yeah. yeah. So you yeah so it kind of helps you to kind of fund it in that way but you know that there's an interest there but the extra books thereafter like for example adam you had um uh, 500 books that you would have or a thousand books at the very beginning would you turn around and go you know what i'm going to go two thousand books you know what sod it i'm going to go five thousand books you wouldn't because you kind of go is it going to work or not whereas tom you've kind of yeah well i was uh, yeah i mean i was very conservative because i just didn't know how many i would sell and i uh, I mean, books are definitely better than than calendars when it comes to, you know, you you don't you know, but the, by the time you get to the end of the year, if you're still stuck with all those yeah. calendars, then obviously they they might end up going on sale. But with a book, I mean, you could just keep selling them year after For year. Sure. Um, so, but I didn't want to be stuck with, you know, thousands and thousands of books. So that I don't know, I, I just wasn't too sure about it. I I, I was just conservative about the whole thing. But now I know a bit more about it, and I've I've talked to Tom about yeah. it, obviously, and and uh, I would probably take a bit more risk with mm. it, you know. Yeah, I think uh, the other yeah. thing to bear in mind is if you order a thousand books, you need to order a thousand pieces of packaging, and yeah. packaging's big, bulky, right. and heavy. So you know, a pallet of books is half a pallet of packaging. So you've got to wow. you've got to take all that in in mind. But like uh, as I mentioned before, the price that I'm paying for my storage per month pales in comparison to the uh, the price I would have been paying if I'd ordered the books in smaller units, smaller quantities. So if I'd have ordered a thousand and sold out and ordered another thousand and sold out and so on and so forth, uh, the, the cost price, the unit price per book would have been way higher. Um, so yeah, you've yeah. got to kind of become a bit of a businessman, which I'm not. I just literally put numbers into a spreadsheet and see which one works out best. It's it's quite straightforward, but it's mm-hmm. it's always a risk. The biggest risk, of course, was that the book would have a massive error in it or a mistake or something, or it would be terrible quality. That was that was a big worry. I was worried it was just going to turn up and just be awful, uh, yeah. even though I knew it wouldn't because I'd seen samples. I know people that have used this manufacturer before. Um, so yeah, but it's just it's it's just doing something you've never done before is always nerve wracking. For sure, it's a brave brave move, and fair play to you for doing it because. You know, the finished result is excellent. Like I said earlier, it's an, an excellent. Yeah, and I, I also ship everything myself as well. People seem to think I've got a team. <laughs> I'm sat here in my dressing gown. This is, this is how I pack books. <laughs> so I've got a, I've got a room next door where I uh, keep, uh, you know, I keep about 100 books and a few bits of packaging. And, um, you know, every, every day I'm packing books, putting stamps on them and walk, uh, driving to the post office and and giving them handing them over you know everything's done myself um so it's a big yeah. job uh, but it's night you got the dog to lick the dog to lick yeah the dog, the dog to lick the <laughs> well i can't lick him because of covid so yeah i got the dog to do that 
Um, no, I, Monty, I, come in here. I have a job for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do have it. I do actually do have quite a streamlined process. Um, um, but yeah, just bear that in mind. There is so much, and I, I as, as as an incentive to sell the pre-orders, I said I would sign every pre-order. <gasps> oh my god, that was hard work. You know, I stopped signing my calendars this year because it's just too much <laughs> hard work. Uh, the book, it was equally as challenging. Um, so, so now I know. Now I know why you wrote such a fantastic message. Oh, I was, when I asked, I you, was asked you to sign the copy. Human, when you asked me, I was like, not again. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. No, no. Ah, that message. That message. I meant every word of it. <laughs> Question for you both, right? Um, so I have both of your books here. So I've got Adam's book and I've got your book, and I've got my impression of what I feel when I hold the books. But did you have something in mind that you wanted somebody? What did you want your book to represent? in the, the hands of the, the new owner, let's just say. Was, it, was there a mission? Was there an underlying thing that you said, you know what, I want to create the book and when the person picks it up, X or Y, or was it, this is my book, this is my work, from your own feelings? Was there any precognitive thoughts of that by chance? Uh, well, for me, the, there wasn't really. It was just, like I said at the beginning, it was more of a, a kind of a, a portfolio of not really 20 years. I mean, a lot of the images in there are actually quite recent. Uh, I think my, my photography's improved over the last few years. But uh, I don't know, it was just a, a, a it wasn't, didn't even really have a theme. Uh, it was just a, a, a group of images that go well together. And it just kind of represents uh, the type of photography that I take. I, I guess the thing that I wanted to do is just inspire people with my images, you know, to get out there and, and take their own photographs um, and just enjoy nature. Uh, there's, there wasn't any real story behind it. It's just uh, something nice that people could look at. And uh, I think I've achieved that. Uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, uh, it's just a, a nice feeling to have a book of your work, you know, finally. I, I, I would have never have dreamt of having my own book. And now I'm, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, another book and maybe a couple more after that as well. Uh, it's, it's just a great way to present my work to the world. So and did, did by any chance you have any expectations of, you know, the um, Vancouver Tourist Board one day thanking you for <laughs> having the amount of people that wanted to come over nah. and look at all the uh, beautiful nah. areas you photographed, no? <laughs> Well, I don't want to move over here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not in 2020 anyway, that's for sure, yeah. No. It's quite funny to say that because all the we have what are called the snowbirds and uh, all of the seniors in the winter, they drive down to Arizona or Florida or California or whatever. Well, of course, the border's closed. So where is everybody coming? They're all coming to Vancouver Island because it's the warmest place in Canada. Oh. Of course, you know, Calgary, Edmonton and all those places are, are freezing cold right now. So everybody's driving out here. So, uh, yeah, but mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want to go nice to my local patches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, not nice right now, I suppose. Yeah. And I suppose, Thomas, same question for you. Um, you know, what do you want the person that's holding the book to feel? Is there something there or was it? Yeah, I mean, every time I, you know, I've looked at a book even when I first started photography I think the first one of the first photography books I bought was Brian Peterson um, Understanding Exposure and man just having a, a book and you know reading it under torchlight or 
you know, sit in and, you know, everyone leaves the house, the house is nice and quiet, you have a beer or a whiskey or a coffee, sit down in a comfy chair and you just leaf through a book and it gives you so much inspiration and excitement for your own adventures that you can create. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to do, which is why the stories were such a big part of it. Because, uh, like I say, when I read photography books, it's, it's very nice looking at images, but as a photographer, I want more. I want to know more. Not technically necessarily, but I just want to learn more about what was going through the photographer's mind when he took the photograph. So definitely for me it was all about people being inspired and hopefully understanding a bit more about my photography and my work because on youtube you know there's only so much you can get across on a youtube video um it's more what you're thinking afterwards that you can put pen to paper that gives the true story um yeah so yeah inspiration without a doubt inspiration mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i'd agree with that yeah and you know what i mean from my point of view, having bought all the books, uh, I'll tell you what my thoughts are, is that, you know, I think, Thomas, like I said, from your book, I love where you tell the story behind it, what your feeling was, how you would have composed. You can almost feel the cold that we there on the cold ones. You can almost feel the wind that's blowing against you and the ones that are going to be a wild uh, scenario. Um, Adam, on your books, I mean, it's a breath of work over the last 20 years, and I think it's something that I look at the images and I go, wow. And not only wow because they're beautiful, but wow, because you did them on film. And that, I think, is a bigger one in the, in the current day and age, in the digital day and age, where it's instant gratification. You take that photograph, you know if it's right or wrong. Okay, you can do another photograph and do it again or take another exposure. But looking at the images here, you didn't have that. So I think both, both books are phenomenally good. That's why I wanted, like I say, both of you to come on to the podcast to discuss the journey the whole way through. But they're a fantastic body of work that you both have now produced. I'm happy I've got them both here. And I can sit in that armchair. I can have that glass of whiskey. I can pick it up and I can say, okay, I want to go exploring around some old growth forests with Adam. I can pick up that book and I can immerse myself in it. And Thomas, with your book, I can read, but I can also click on the QR code and I can go and I'll watch the video of how you created that image and see it for myself. How you were able to pull that composition out of a scene which is the beauty of photography that most people drive by or drive past or walk over or don't even go for that photograph, but it's about finding the composition to see it in the video. And now I can see it in the, in the book. So on both accounts, I think I feel it from both your books anyway. Yeah, Great. Thank Thanks, you. Darren. Appreciate that. Yeah. Very, very no, good I, feedback. I, Thank you very much. No, I mean, I mean it. I mean it. Um, so I suppose, you know, um, pros and cons, let me summarize it this way. Pros and cons of publisher or pros and cons of self-publishing? Who wants to go first? Um, yeah. uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Together. <laughs> well, I, I, go, I go first. Uh, I think that uh, uh, the, 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 the pros of going the route that I have gone is that there are very few risks. Uh, you just have to convince a publisher to uh, go with your work and uh, if they agree and you can pre-sell them, the, the, then there isn't an awful lot of risk. Uh, now, having said that, the publisher, uh, they take a huge chunk. So it's definitely not a big moneymaker. Uh, if you go Tom's route, then there's more risk and it's a lot more work. But the, the payback is way bigger than the way I did it. And um, it's also probably more satisfying 
especially if you can pull it off. But I wouldn't know that because I haven't done it that way. So, <laughs> do you uh, do you when you ordered your books from Kazoo? Did did they dis- uh, dispatch them for you as well, or do you send they d- them? They do everything. Oh, okay, yeah. So that that's it. Everything. Then, um, I think if- and that and that comes at a price. I mean, th- you know, they're not they're not. It's not cheap. So, uh, you know, it's not a huge money maker for me. That's for sure. But it, I suppose it's uh, stress free and relatively passive. Um, so if you, yeah, yeah, it's more of a, a passion project. You know, it's just a passion project. Uh, mm. I mean, I I looked at both routes extensively, and um, I think uh, I think for me um, the hardest part of of having a successful book is actually selling it. So um, I think the logistics and the manufacturing and all of that, it's yeah, yeah, there are risks involved. However, uh, I, th- I felt that if I went down a publisher route, the financial gain was way too small. Um, considering I see the value being in the content of the book, so the pictures and the stories, um, and putting the whole thing together and selling it, having the audience and having people to Definitely. sell to. And then I saw the publisher taking ginormous percentages, like huge. Um, I don't want to say any numbers because I don't, I can't remember the exact figures, but you're talking majority. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I just thought, well, okay, let's look at the other way. What if I did everything yeah. myself? Cause I've got the audience to sell to. I've already got the content off the book. All I need to do is figure out how to get the thing made and get and, and distribute it. Um, but yeah, so a financial reward is great because you get 100% of everything. Um, you know, you get the whole pie, uh, which is nice. But the risk, huge yes. risks, uh, you know, like um, huge risks and the fact that you have full responsibility of everything. If a book goes missing in the post, you've got to reply to the email. If a book turns up damaged, you've got to resend it. If uh, you know, you've got to chase up the couriers and the shipping companies and find out where that book is and where the order is and deal with customs and all sorts. And of course, if you make a mistake in the publishing process, you've got no one to blame but yourself, right? So if one of the pages is is backwards, <laughs> or there's a spelling mistake on the front page, it's, you, it's all on yeah. you. Uh, got, so in terms of that, but you can mitigate all of those risks by giving the book yeah. to as many people as possible to read beforehand, pay an editor, pay you know and speak to people who've done a book and see if they can help you help guide you through the process i know if a james who helped me with my book i couldn't have done it without him no way you know he, he helped me out massively i had to learn new software as well um because you've got to lay the book out in adobe InDesign, i think it is yeah so i had to learn a whole new software and everything yeah I mean, it's easy you know but it's, again it's that you know, imagine so, trying to learn Photoshop from scratch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do I do this? What does that do? Uh, but the reward, you know, when, when you when you do everything right and you be careful and pay attention, the reward of having a, a finished product and getting a hundred percent of every sale comes to you. And you know, the logistics, you just get a system going. You know, it's easy. I, I ship my books uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then if I want to go on a photography trip for a week. What I'll do is I'll put a massive banner on my website saying I am not shipping books until the 21st of September or whatever because I am on a photography trip. And people don't care. They'll still buy it and they'll just wait. And if they can't wait, they won't buy it. And that's fine. So, yeah, it's it's great. It's very rewarding. Um, but it is hard work, like super hard work. I think I think I sold, uh, I think I yeah. pre-sold about 3,000 books and had to try and ship them all out in about two and a half, three weeks. And that was just mm. like... 
you know, you're talking 16 hour days. I'm not joking. 16 hour days of packing, shipping, stamping, wow. signing, Ooh. emailing people, saying your book's on its way. Here's the tracking number. You know, you've got all these little problems to solve. Like, how do you send people their tracking number? Because um, the, <clears throat> the Royal Mail won't do it. <laughs> so you've got to do it. Uh, so, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of books. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, I know yeah. it is. Yeah. And um, and it was also a lot to, you know, every single one of those books had to be signed, put in a box, the box had to be sealed, had to, had to print, <laughs> out, <laughs> print out a stamp with their address on, stick it on, shove it all in a bag and have the Royal Mail come and pick up all the books, which you have to pay for if they come and collect them. Uh, whereas now I just drive to the post office because wow. I sell just like one or two a day. But um, yeah, very rewarding. That's that's amazing. I mean, and you know what? It's it's interesting you say it because you know you do a, you get a hundred percent of the the risk, a hundred percent of the reward, but a hundred percent of the work. And that's when yeah. you start valuing yeah. time. Um, so yeah. sixteen hour days, and you kind of say, you know what? Maybe I'd be better off going down the route of Adam and saying there's somebody else that can do that for me that I can concentrate on going off and creating more content. Yeah, of course, there is that. But, but I, I, knew that, I knew that that was a short period. You know, it was 16-hour days for two weeks. And then I knew that once it comes to a manageable level of, you know, yeah. the book sales just dripping in, like, you know, uh, maybe two, yes. three a day. It really takes 10 seconds to just package them up and send them off to the post office. Um, so I have looked at using distributors but again, I, I think I'm a bit of a control freak, you know, like I want to know the books are packaged mm -hmm. properly. I want to know that the ship's correctly. And I want to know that I'm sending out because every now and again, you get a book where the, the title might be wonky or something. You know, it's just a it's just a dodgy one off the production line. Uh, it's little things like that. So I really enjoy yeah. it as well. You've got to you can't look past that. I do enjoy it. It's satisfying packaging them and, and shipping them out and stuff. So. 100%. And I suppose, you know, like I said earlier, they're both fantastic books. So. I mean, all that's left for me really to ask both of you is where can people buy your books? Adam, where can you get Adam's book? Volume? W oh, W. Sorry, print. Sorry, Adam's book uh, print release two. Sorry, yeah. Yes, www.kozu. That's k o z u books.com. Perfect. Actually, you have to be careful because we go there and. You'll still you'll still see the the first edition. It says sold out, but there's also the second edition on there, and that's the one that you're after. So okay, perfect. Yeah, thank you, sir. I'm gonna get that. I haven't got it yet. I've been saying since I said I was gonna buy it. What? I got your well, book, I, man. I know you did. I, I, I can recommend it. It's great. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it's on my to-do list. Like uh, watching uh, watching your video. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And Thomas, where can people find and buy your book? Uh, just go to my website, which is thomasheaton.co.uk, and then I've got like a little drop-down menu that says shop. And then you can see it in their books. Uh, you'll find it. It's everywhere. I'm a, I'm one of those uh, shameless people who promote my book at every single opportunity. So <laughs> no matter where I am, you'll see it. Absolutely. You're dead right to do that. Absolutely. And people can buy a calendar as well. So they can buy a Thomas Heaton 2021 calendar to good riddance. Yeah, please do because because I've got so many left uh, over. <laughs> I can't get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And That's probably because all, all, all photographers are selling calendars this year. Um, yeah, yeah, yes, sure. I have. I, again, it's with Kozu Books. Uh, the calendar is from there. Yeah. Perfect. 
So, guys, look, um, my battery is nearly gone on my cameras. My battery is nearly gone on my human. I've really, really enjoyed the conversation this evening. Um, you know, it's really given an insight into the huge amount of work that you've both put into creating both of your books. Be proud of both of them. I have both of them. Um, so, you know, you need to make sure, uh, Thomas, that you order Adams in second edition to get a, a copy of that. Make sure you go for the outside <laughs> sleeve as well. So I'm going to do it. I, I've got, I'm going to do it right now. Sorry. What was it? Adam Kazoo books. books. Yeah. Yeah, skip past so, Ben's yeah, book yeah, there I mean, and go, go on to Adam's. Uh, you know what? I, I, I bought Ben's. I've got Ben's. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so sorry. It's just, I think he's obviously a better salesman than you. Actually, I don't have, uh, so, uh, actually, I right, don't here have, we go. I don't have Ben's. Um, I'm missing all this. My video has just died. Go on, keep going. Oh, it's nice. Oh. Well, we're still going. Yeah, Ben's book. Yeah, you still right, keep go. going. Yeah, you still keep quid. going. Anyway, yeah. I'd, I'd just like to say that Adam's book is one penny more expensive than mine. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> right, there you go. I've added, I've added it to my car. I'll, I will purchase it. Um, my wallet's Thank downstairs. You, <laughs> no, I look forward right. to it. I do. It's, uh, I, it's just one of those things that's on my to-do list. Has been forever. Well, you, you, you heard it here first now. You see Thomas is making sure that he's committed on the Irish Photography Podcast. Uh, number one, he's going to uh, get Adam's uh, book. And number two, he's going to watch my video that he's made about his book as well. <laughs> <laughs> that is on my to-do list. Everything is. Everything is. Guys, thank you very, very much for joining the Irish Photography Podcast. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed hearing the stories on the back end and how the whole thing came about. I've enjoyed both the books so from me in Ireland to Thomas in the UK and to Adam in the beautiful Vancouver Island. From Ireland, thanks very much. Slonga Fall. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Hey, guys. If you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week. And remember, keep shooting.